0: Afrobeat Intelligence Podcast.
1: Afrobeat Intelligence. Democratizing African music.
0: For you more than anything, what does it mean to be fuzzer? You know, this person, this. When people talk about law and the music industry in Nigeria and a number of countries, what does that mean to be fuzzer? The person that is approximated with this.
1: <sighs> That's such a deep question <laughs> because you're going to touch a bit of like ego and pride in it, but which, it's just is like <laughs> fine. which is fine. <laughs> I mean, it's for me, it's just like what what I saw has happened. Okay. You know, the big, the when I was coming into this, I gave myself a seven year projection. I said that by my fifth year practicing as a lawyer, because I, I was conflicted at a point either to go into full management or to, you know, go into this law part. And I remembered I think it was December 2014 when Wuju was, because I was working with G. Worldwide then and we're yeah. pushing KISS's project. And I sat down in the car with with uh, Jeezy GZ? and he said, you need to drop everything because this guy is going to be a superstar and I need your 100% attention. And I was just finishing from law school. And I looked at it, I evaluated it and I'm just like, ah, do I really want to be Stopped to one person what year was this i think this was in 2014 i finished law school in 2014 and i know that i was working i started working with with kiss i think during my law school year yeah and we got i got called in november so yeah around that time
0: yeah so you were asking yourself questions
1: yeah so i was asking myself question i was like do i really want to be attached to one person or do i want to create a legacy that's bigger than me so would you was blowing up then and Everyone that went to law school with me knew that this baby was a guy touting, this guy got kids down and would, everybody would go on your phone, you would download that thing, you know, or you would stream or whatever. And I said, oh, no, you know, Jizzy, I love you. I think you're doing something amazing, but this is not really the part I want to go to. And I went, you know, law.
0: Why, why do you reject it?
1: Because I just felt like the world needed me more in terms of creating a legacy and structure that would benefit more people than just one person. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that in the capacity of being a manager. That's, you know, because as a manager, you're not essentially building structures. Yeah. You know? The law is very powerful. The law, for me, is a social engineer. And you can change things. It's long, yeah. you know, but you can actually change and affect lives with just one legislator legislation or, you know, looking into one legislation and attacking certain things to ensure that a system is proper or a system is dismantled so for me I was just like you know what if I'm going to leave this life of traveling and just like I love traveling this life of fame that people will see me and this guy taking a picture and be like oh from the trenches to the you know this other thing I'm doing has to make sense and I gave myself a five-year projection I said by the fifth year I have to be one of the most record, like, top three entertainment lawyers in Nigeria by the seventh year. So by that fifth year, uh, because I did the economics of the industry.
0: Yeah.
1: I did the economics of the industry, and I saw that the ROI wasn't matching. So I said five years, I should be able to make money to for my car, make money to, you know, pay my rent. But by the seventh year, by the seventh year, I should be able to talk about money that my generation hasn't seen. So by the seventh year, I said I wanted to transition into being an authority yeah. in Africa. By the third year, I did what I wanted to do in the fifth year. By the fifth year, I was already thinking I'm more than just law, I'm more than just a lawyer. I am the gateway to, you know, my purpose, I found out, was just creating sustainable wealth for creatives in the industry. Uh, it used to be Nigeria. And I moved it to Africa because I just realized I went to Ghana the other time and I was just like, "You guys need a Fosa in yeah. this industry," you know. So why did they need a
0: Fosa? What was the hole you saw that made you think they needed a Fosa?
1: It was just someone that believes enough to fight okay. for a system. There are people that are fighting for pockets, but I'm blessed to be one of those people that will fight for systems, and that's what they need. And the, the, in the success or the basis or the foundations that a lot of creative people, apart from artists, are enjoying now is because some of us fought for those systems. Yeah. And it came at a price. It came at us losing money, losing clients, losing yeah. your cash cow. But we're just like, my goal is that if, my, if I'm 50, sorry, when I'm 50, rather, yeah. and my boy or my girl says... Oh Mom, i wanna you know do music. I'm not gonna hesitate and say oh no i'm not I'm not uh confident about your financial uh, uh, financial stability as a musician. I don't want that then my my years of working in the music industry and the entertainment industry is a waste yeah you know, so I'm very focused on systems. It's long,
0: yeah,
1: it's hard, it's a lot of delayed gratification. But it's always worth it. That's what I've. That's what I've come to realize.
0: I think one of the earliest reasons why I was attracted to you and your work was because you, you had this anti-establishment Ooh. angle to it, and I, I, I know I have been anti-establishment. <laughs> <laughs> you had this anti-establishment angle to like your work. You were always railing against the machine. You were always trying to... It felt like you were a fighter. I am. Why were you fighting?
1: Because a lot of our systems or establishments are founded on very wrong principles. Okay. And it fosters very toxic environments in the long run that okay. leads to lots of things that we cannot fathom, And it's not sustainable. That's I the give, first I, thing. Give me an example. So the... The idea of managers being tied to one person. Have you seen when a manager would toil for, like, five years to break an artist? And the artist has a glimpse, and the artist just goes rogue. A glimpse of stardom. Yeah. Fame, not even money. Just a glimpse of, and just goes rogue. Like, what have you done for me, my career? Do you know You know how people that have committed suicide that you don't know on social media just because they dedicate... Because for you to manage someone, you're sacrificing... Your own vision. Yeah,
0: you're giving up your life.
1: Your life for that person. And someone wakes up and just feels like you, you're not worth it. You know, like, you're not... It's just like the way they say, I married you and I brought you up and now you want to leave me for the shiny thing. And it's all in the foundation of how our contracts for managers were being done. Yeah. When I came into in this industry, there was nothing like post-term commissions where... If I've worked with you for three years and you decide you want to leave to someone else, I should be able to. I should have a hold on your career for another two to three years to be making money from because I worked that brand. Yes, I worked that brand, yeah. and I remember the first time I introduced it into a contract. There was so there was such a resistance, but I was just like, nope, you know. And the person I did it with was just like, Fosa, I, like, I get what you're doing, but I'm not. I'm defla- I'm too deflated. To fight for this. And, and this
0: was a manager.
1: Yeah, this was a manager. You know, I'm too deflated to fight. Now, the new angle to it is I'm, I'm, like when I'm st- structuring my agreements with management and artists, it's a different approach, you know, apart from w- what I knew four years ago. And that's because I'm still in the trenches with these managers. I'm going through these things. I manage, or I used to manage, I stopped that last year because now I'm too busy. But I've seen it. And I told, you know, the younger guys I'm working with, I'm like, I'm the new shiny thing and fancy to you now. But I know you really don't like me. Yeah. You're just getting what you want from me. True. And I'm, my, I'm protected in my agreement. So if today you wake up and you want to go, bye-bye. But if I decide that I'm going to activate my powers, I would, and I would solidly do it, yeah. you know. And the only reason I could do that is because I'm also in the industry. And... My approach to it was protecting everybody involved in a fair and equal manner. A lot of the agreements and contract relationships that we had has been very unfair, yeah. you know, and just based on the fact of I'm an ogre, you're a slave, you know, and whether it's the artist doing it to the manager or the label doing it to the artist. So those foundations, and so many of those establishments for me was just like crazy, like how are you guys functioning? And nobody's calling this out. So when I'm on panel, when I was much younger and I was on panel and I'm talking, they'll just be like...
0: you're still young. Don't say when you remember <laughs> <laughs> You're very young. I just asked your age before this. And it was very young. You're younger than me.
1: <laughs> no, but like in terms of like, like you were saying before we started the podcast, my CV is, is rich. Yes. You know, So when you
0: were younger, you were having this conversation. Yeah.
1: And you know, I'll be on a panel and I'll call you out. You know, a lot of our CMO problems or our... What's a CMO? Uh, collective management problem. Okay. <laughs> I remember the first Nigerian Entertainment Conference I attended. And I will mention this person's name. And they were fighting on stage. And I just saw this bunch of forty. Then they were like 40s, late 40s entering their 50s. And they were fighting on stage, and one person was like, the first person that did this before you and attacked this, they died. The other person that did this before you, they died. Whoa. And you then the other person was like, I won't die in Jesus' name. I was like, What is going on here? What?
0: Over music, money, <laughs> I, or what?
1: I promise you. I was just like, What is going on here? And when we when you go into you know these problems to examine it, and you're just like, It's just the foundation of how the establishment was done. So when I speak against these things, people just think, like, I I like to be rebellious. But I'm like, the reason why a lot of things get swept away is because we keep quiet. And somebody has to take. if I remember there was this issue that was going on and this, you know, foreign investor came into the market. We wanted their money. We need their money. Like we were saying earlier, the African economy is poor. Everything competes with food. So for someone coming into this industry to invest, it's a long-term game for them, right? So we got in there, built a bit of structure for them and said, you know what? We know we're hungry, but there has to be an exchange of value. You can't come and treat us like slaves again, you know? So we created the structure, it was going, and my own people decided, ah, Fosa is making too much money from this. And in fact, I wasn't even, re- I wasn't even making money because you pay me like 100K, 95 is going to the artist because they own the money. They're the ones entering into the contract, not me, you know. And because these foreigners are used to my people, unfortunately, being not straight, they thought, oh, she's too comfortable and too audacious you know not to be stealing <laughs> so they came they tested it and they saw that nothing was there but they now started doing things that was very anti FOSA, like anti-my-values and the long run was going to hurt the whole industry and i looked at it looked at it consulted and everything and everybody was like yeah speak against it speak against it i thought i had like the support of everybody i spoke against it and everybody went
0: mute but that's the industry you know <laughs> That's the in- I used to do a lot of, I used to do a lot of fighting in this industry. You can you can attest to that. I did a lot of fighting. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I stopped being that person, that arm of justice or that arm of retribution <laughs> <laughs> in this industry was you had nobody behind you. Yeah. People would the people who support you would come in secret yeah. and tell you how much of a whatever you're at, <laughs> whatever. But, like, when shit hits the fan, when it's time for them to actually put anything on the line, everybody disappears. And you're just alone. Like, for me, with my dick and my hand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and people, you see, that thing I did, if I didn't do it, right, 70% of the industry, people making money from the industry wouldn't exist. So for me, I looked at it like, would I rather suffer a few million dollars yeah. than allow times ten of million dollars going down in, the in industry? I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna press send on that email, whatever it is. Whatever. Now you now, they are still fighting with me. They are still blacklisting me, and I'm just like, oh, am I well, alright too? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, the other people that you know, they, they came like, ah, oh, Fuzai, you shouldn't have you know done it like this. You shouldn't have done it like that. I called them and I said, but you are benefiting from it now. Uh-huh. So are you going to apologize? True. But I don't need you to apologize. I, I've done it for posterity's sake because those people that tried it, they know that there's a watchdog in the industry. At at one point, my my name was Ah Bulldozer. Yeah. It's like nah. It's I know. I know you're trying to say, like, it's not complimentary. I know you're trying to mock, but the God I serve, I've never begged any of you for money. I think that's the most gracious God has done for me. Like, I've never had to go back to these people to beg for money. Because you look at it like, oh, you have all this code, you have this equality, justice, fairness thing going on. And the people doing the complete opposite, they have so much money than you now. But every time I look at it and I'm like, I, I go into places and I say, I'm putting my certificate on the line or my name on the line, and people give me money. That's what that's what I want. I want that my children will be like, Ah, Fosa is my mom. And you get him stop. You know I mean? i like, look at it every day. I have this great idea, and I'm just like, ha, ah, if I just had, my father just had one trust like, this. like I didn't this. You know, but I want to do that for my children. Yeah. And my name is the first. Like one time, this fellow lawyer, and this fellow music executive came into my email to trade. You stole my client's song. Yeah. I warned you the first time. I warned you the second time. The third time, I was just like, you know what, dude? Like, I, I'm not... And you went, and the first thing, you came and accused me of insider trading, all that bogus thing, and you go, you're going to report me to the Nigerian Bar Association and take my license.
0: <laughs> for, for music?
1: Yeah. I was like... I just, I didn't even respond to the email because I was like, this is beneath me. I sent my associate. I said, respond and tell them to file it. Because people really feel like... And I think it just comes with this territory of being, you know, the fighter or the person. is like, people always want to soil your name True. for whatever reason. Whether it's your personal life, whether it's your professional life. So they will come. And I've just learned, like, never be afraid. This see, I was asking you how many lawsuits see, have you got to? I've
0: been, I've been through a number of lawsuits <laughs> for fighting.
1: Yeah, the, the the industry is the trenches, man. It's the trenches.
0: And then And then for... For situations like this, like when you have had to, because all I know about Forza in the past, now I know you more, yeah. so I can properly appreciate you and what you contribute to the space. But in the past, when things were a bit more fuzzy, Forza was always this lone voice saying, it can get better. It can get better. It can get better. We deserve more. How, how were you able to do do that while building a business at such a young age. Uh, I th-
1: I think really is just being centered and and true to who I am. I see, I saw my vision and purpose very early. You know, one thing I made. I think it was in twenty fourteen.
0: Yeah.
1: So that was the last time I was really broke. Yeah. Like I couldn't even. I think 2014, 2015, Actually twenty fifteen. Myself and my partner were so broke that day. We couldn't afford to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had to call my mom and be like, please, there a bathroom?" <laughs> 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 you
0: know? Yeah, I get And you. we
1: drove to the house that day and we're eating the air and we're looking at ourselves like, this can't be it. Yeah. So I told God, I said, you've given me this, you've told me that I'm going to be a billionaire. So when I call myself, those are billions. People just... First of all, the billions has not come. It's manifestation, guys. <laughs> it's a come. come. It's oh, all it's way. Certainly gonna come. It's you know its way. And I was like, you're giving me this big dream. You're giving me this vision. I see it. i I see it every morning. I sleep. I wake up. I see it. So like, I made a pact with God. And I said, if you really want me to go down this path, because one, I've had so many opportunities to leave this country. Yeah. You know, I've had so many opportunities to work with your multinational companies, mm-hmm. but I keep hearing, you need to build this business. You need to build a Pan-African business. You need to build a Pan-African. And it's the trenches. (laughs) Entrepreneurship is the trenches. I know it it seems glamorous. It's the trenches, guys. What's
0: hard about it?
1: Hey, ask me. I I know, like, I'm building,
0: (laughs) I've been building businesses for a while, but, like, what's bad about it on your your end?
1: Let me answer the first question before I answer this. So it's like, so for me, It's just every day I wake up, I don't look at the distractions of the day. Yeah. I just focus on the future. And I made a pact with God. I said, so far, every day I can, I have where to sleep, I have what to wear, and I have what to eat. I'm good to go on this assignment for you. And since, I think I made that pact with him December, crossover night, December 2015. From then till now, I've never had to beg for food. (laughs) I've never worried about my rent. I've ne- So for me, if those basic things for human life are sorted, I can run the race that I'm called to run. Yeah. That's why I'm, I feel like I'm so centered. you know. What's hard about entrepreneurship? It's first of all, you're working in an industry where the industry is like second to the last terms of ranking of value with legal infrastructure in the country before you get to creative industry you do agri, oil and gas you know real estate construction blah, blah blah and it's not like i didn't see that coming it's just like and covid showed us further that it's really a disposable income industry it's not
0: people don't give a shit
1: yeah because people are hungry I'm not going to spend 500 now to sob or 900 now to sob for Apple when I've not had food to eat today. Let's look at it from that angle, you know. So you're working in that industry. You're doing something entirely new. It's for you to be an entrepreneur, your first quality is resilience. During COVID, and I can proudly say, I didn't owe anybody salary and I didn't fire anybody. (laughs) Well done. Yes.
0: I got fired during <laughs> COVID. I had two jobs. I had one locally and I had one internationally. My local job fired me and they're still owing me over 1. 1.5 5, 1. 5 million to wow. so this day. My foreign job increased my salary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's when we, we really saw that our industry is based on lies. And that's what worries me the most because we're a ticking time bomb. And I keep preaching this gospel that this same thing I say we deserve more. We de- I've been talking about publishing since 2016.
0: Yeah.
1: Now it's cool. Everybody's my split sheet. <laughs> yeah, we did that. We went against a whole one of your biggest, you know, studios, saying you have to pay for this. You know, we went against CMOs talking about saying these people need to be included. Yeah. In this wealth distribution we went against the famous people telling them no just because you paid for a bit doesn't mean that you own it it's uh, you know explaining the law and the concept of rights to people at different points in time it, for me i don't think i would have ever survived if i one i didn't have the right partnership with the people i work with yeah. and two i just focus on the big picture i could have fired everybody in 2020 and do the work myself. I'm probably be having nothing blo- eye blood pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one thing to be an entrepreneur in the creative industry. It's another thing to be an entrepreneur in Nigeria. One day we're just you know in the office and everything, and our tri- our meter bill because of something about low balancing and stuff. We applied for a new meter. First one, second second month, third month ah. By the fifth month, I was like, these people will bring a bill that you know. I told my my EA, please go attend to this. Please go attend to this. Please go attend to this. And seven months later, they came with 2.5 million naira bill. Uh-huh. I said, Lou, am I running a bakery?
0: Like, <laughs> what are you doing you over there? there Do you should. have a nuclear plant? <laughs> are, are you cooking meth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I was like, they started fighting because I was just like, on principle, I would not pay because they were like, oh, for, us, for them to come out, because they now came and disconnected life. I said, on principle, I'm not going to pay that money. They said I have to pay 30% before they now talk about reduction of fees. I was like, never, ever, ever over my existing body. No, I'm not going to do that. In the same vein, as I was doing that, the tax people came. Brought a twenty something millionaire bill for me.
0: Whoa. You guys make that amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'll go to law school immediately.
1: <laughs> no. But you see, I, I was not trying I was we now started this education of the tax system that I collect money for people. It's not I had to explain the meaning of advance, the meaning of expense in the industry. They're like, no, your account just shows this. I'm like, no, you know, th- they, were, they didn't, to Today, they still don't understand the advance. But it but, took us, it took myself and my partner educating our accountant yeah. and training. Because we went to go and drag our accountant from where she was working and said, we need entertainment accountants. And we've tried to find one. But come, we're going to create a safe space for you yeah. to develop this aspect of the industry. Yeah. And she left her job. It took her my accountant argued that thing for like two months and came back with a said Fuza, I've reduced your bill to about you know X amount and you pay over this period of time. I was like, Yay! Right. But imagine my sleep. I said sometimes you was know, a time where I was coming to her show like please just don't come to the office. I said, why I say, Because you're going to drive your Benz and come <laughs> to this office and they are going to think that... Because they, they actually did the reason. Ah, isn't Alphosa Dosa that is the director? I'm like, so because Alphosa Dosa, you think that...
0: You didn't drive your Benz here.
1: <laughs> no, I had an accident in December. Oh, so, okay. so the Benz is pending. Right? We're well, trying to upgrade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, continue. Please.
1: So if we didn't have someone that we had shown the prospect of the industry... In terms of accounting. Yeah. Nobody would have saved me from that 20 million. I would have had to go and look for someone that didn't understand what what I do as a business. But because she understood the dynamics of the business.
0: Yeah.
1: Understood the line items. She was able to create a solution for me. And for me, that's success. Creating systems that work. That work after me. And that work for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So, really, that's it.
0: And then... You know, this thing about educating the world and into how, like, the music business operates and what it means to operate within this space, it's something that has been... Everybody who's been prominent in this industry in some way, whether in journalism, in music, in, in the legal part, aspects of it, in branding, in everything, they've, not only have they had to... Not only have they had to do their work well, had to like take on structural challenges within the game to say okay i'm going to set this out why wasn't it done before actually like in legal you know interacting with like foreigners or foreign companies hasn't been a isn't new to us we've been doing this since the 50s the 40s the 60s down now why why didn't we get upgraded as everything moved into the modern age
1: so, first of all, the legal industry is very adverse to quick changes. Okay. That's the DNA of our industry. It's just, we're very slow. People will call it calculated. But now they are learning to speed up because tech tech is removing Joe from their hand. You know, like we have a we have a code we have something in the RPC that says you can't take client you can't go to a client's house and take meeting.
0: You can't take a meeting in a client's house. Yeah,
1: every meeting you take as a lawyer has to be in your office.
0: So if well, hold on, let me like explore this a little. Like, take for example, now we are currently recording this in a studio owned by my best friend, Lucas yeah. J Vision. So if you sign Lucas now as a client that means you can sit on that the couch that you're sitting on now yep. and have a meeting with Lucas on Lucas's business
1: yeah I, I mean according to the RPC yeah you can't
0: that's not cool
1: so when I was coming to the first of all you already see that that's a major pr- because let's say I represent David Doe for example yeah I, for example would I tell David to be coming to you <laughs> 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 you know
0: well to the airport yes but not, <laughs> not to your office
1: <laughs> maybe the private jets yes the dynamics of our business is sometimes even, I remember one time we, we were supposed to sign this international deal for a client American time and they called at 3am and they expected my senses to be sharp
0: 3am <laughs> yeah and you just woke up got yes. the eye, all of that
1: yes and we had to finish that deal so imagine I have superstar clients now and my client can call and say, oh, Foza, this corporation wants to talk to us now. You need to fly in. Am I'm going to say, oh, RPC says that I can't have it in. So, until today, that rule still exists. Another rule that exists is you can't advertise your business. That I can understand.
0: Why can't you advertise your business? So when-, when you work in an industry like the music industry where there's hyper-competition and you are trying to do something that's very pivotal to the space, why... Can't you beat your chest and say, I, I'm doing this, This come to this firm?
1: So I think the the, the foundation of that law mm-hmm. or that provision or code of conduct is really to guard against fakes. Maybe.
0: So fake people would advertise?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen, like, a lot of entertainment lawyers in quotes, and you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Just go back home and learn some more. Like, stop touting about, like... A lot of people now just think being an entertainment lawyer is standing with celebrities and taking pictures and doing cool videos and do, doing cool <laughs> real videos, you know. So I can understand from that aspect, you know, yeah. where that provision is coming. But there's so many things still in our provisions that are very slow. And I have to give it to our new NBA ni- uh, president. And the truth is, I never really cared about my legal industry. About no, no, no. Like on t- I started caring about the NBA when you know, Mr. Olumide Akpata. I saw you promote came. that. Oh no, that
0: you, you took, you carried it on your head. I had
1: to because when everybody thought I was this recalcitrant, unruly <laughs> <laughs> lawyer just doing, you know, I received a random phone call from this person and he goes, "Hi, my name is Olumide Akpata, and I heard that you're a trailblazer." Nice. I was uh, like, okay.
0: That must have been so encouraging. First of all, if, if, even if he didn't know who he was. Yeah, worked. I was just
1: like, all right. He's like, and I need you to come and speak on a the panel. Then he hung up. Then my first instinct for anything, I go on Google and check, who is this person? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like a partner in like this big girl. The next time he calls, I was like, yes, sir. He was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs>
0: Why are you say yes,
1: sir? Was, so on the day of the panel, I remember it was the NBA SBO conference. I think it was the first time they featured. What entity. year was this? It was 2017. Yeah. I get my dates really mixed up. Yeah. But I so I called him like 30 minutes before I went on the panel because we had these big people. I was like the nobody on that panel. Yeah, I was feeling very intimidated. And I called him. I said, so, sir, I have a bit of a loose mouth. Like I'm not a politically correct person, you know, and I can tend to veer off. So please can you provide me with a question that they need to ask <laughs> so that I can't. Be straight yeah. and narrow. He was like, no, 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 no. I want you be, to be 100% you. I said, are you sure? He was like, yeah. Oh, I said, okay. I remember that day I was in the room with like RMD, I think Joker Silver, Mildred Oko, Bovi, um, the former DG of, of copyright, you know, uh, Adebambo, Adeoppo. And I sat down there just saying, oh, Lord, why did I accept this? as? Let me just tell you, I bought new shoes. <laughs> to boost my confidence. Yes, and then, <laughs> because out of everything, my, my brain wasn't aligning. I was just like, okay, let me just do one thing. Now I was like, this shoe I bought, then I think I bought it like 25k, and I was like, it's probably the most expensive shoe I bought in my life. Yeah. You know, like I needed to have something. I said, okay, even if I mess up, my shoes are nice. Yeah. You know. And I, I can't remember the moderator, I think it was, I can't remember the moderator that day, but the moderator gave every other person, but only Peter was, was on the, on the panel. The moder- so I, I went up to Professor Adewoko and I was like, oh, the, you, your student was my lecturer, my professor in school. So we we had we broke the high ice with that, you know, and we, we kept talking. Nobody wanted to speak to me. Like Everybody was just like, oh, just, you know, we don't know her, she's young, blah, blah. blah. And when they started the panel, you know when you're on the panel that you've sacrificed like all your week to prepare for and nobody's asking you questions. i are just sitting down there waiting like, Okay, when is my Sha? They ask me. They literally gave me just five minutes to talk. I promise you, I can't remember what I said in those five minutes. But when I finished, all the questions came to me. Because before that mic came to me, I was like, you know what? Whether this is make or break, I will just speak my truth. Yeah. And that was what I did. And... We had like almost 10 questions and like eight were for me. And when I left that stage, everybody was like, oh my God. Like lawyers were like, oh my God, oh my God. I want to do that. I've been trying to do this. I can't figure it out. Blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how I became popular in the legal industry. So when Olmide Akwata came and said, yo, Fosa, I'm running for, I was like, you have my own support. and my own. So I went up and beyond because that's when I started caring about, you know, I used to pay, we pay our Nigerian Bar association fees because if you don't pay that, you, you're not, you know, you can't appear in court for that year or something. I paid because so I that year I paid so that I could v- vote for Olumide Akpata because I saw hope and I saw someone that understood progression and it's been nothing short of phenomenal. You know. So he's he's oh he's, he's living he, up to the expectation. His leadership has affected as
0: as positively affected your work.
1: Yes, because after every two today, a lot of people still reference. Oh, I heard you speak at that panel, and he didn't know me from anywhere. He didn't tried to get to know me. He just saw my CV and said, I've heard, you know, about you and I want to give you a platform. He didn't need to
0: do that. Yeah.
1: You know, and he just trusted that. He trusted a young person. That's what he did. And people need to trust young people more.
0: I I, I understand that. And this leadership, like, in what way has it, like, improved how you've serviced musicians?
1: A lot of training okay. for lawyers. Okay. So there's a, there's the I I am currently on the I'm the IP intellectual property committee secretary for the Nigerian Bar Association Section of Business Law. Oh, nice. So it's deliberate effort to educate people. The SBL, I think last year did about what's an SBL? Oh, sorry, it's the Nigerian Bar Association Section of Business Law. So it's a okay. part of Section
0: the, of Business Law yeah. SBL. Okay, yeah. I just wanted that for people listening.
1: Yeah, and I think when we're doing when we're you know said we did over 50 seminars last year. Nice. Training lawyers. And that was something that when I was coming up, I never used to see like trainings. Yeah. And most of them were free. So that education has led to more younger lawyers knowing that specialization is a thing. And the thing about specialization is, my, my theory is consistency breeds success. If you keep doing something, you become an expert at something. And when you become an expert on something, your value increases and you can command more money. So right. I feel like, I strongly believe that the solution to a lot of poverty in the legal industry is specialization. A lot of people argue differently with me, but I've always been a proponent of specialization right from my 300 level. And that's what the SBL has been doing in terms of education. And Ulimide Akpata used to be the chairman of the SBL, now the NBA, and is fully in support of digitalizing the NBA and also like supporting the SBL. So for me it's just like that's what when you vote, that's what makes you happy as a person. Yes. Like you voted something that really matters. He's not a perfect human being, so sometimes probably makes a big mistake but, but a lot of his campaign promises is doing. Yeah, he kept to them. Yeah, he's keeping to them.
0: Okay. So, I had a conversation while prepping for this interview. I had to prep to interview <laughs> you. <laughs> One the great joys.
1: First of all, I'm, I just want to tell you guys that, you know, we've gone seven six, seven, seven years. <laughs> I'm finally on the water. Joy, Arkansas, podcast. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. It's not, if not too long. <laughs> this should have happened long ago. I, I, I've just been really blinded by not blinded cuz I've I've just been really focused on doing a lot of work that not only services like pop culture cuz the kind of work I do it's not enough for you to be the most technically gifted guy. Uh-huh. it's enough it's it's important that you also hold like pop attention. Yeah. To be able to do what you do cuz
1: it's influence. Yes. Yeah. That
0: that's what it is. So I've I've had to like focus a lot on that and in doing that I've lost I've lost the opportunity to do a lot of good work. I ain't going to (laughs) lie. I've done a lot of, like, impactful work. But, like, the work that really moves the needle, like, beyond...
1: Fame and the the numbers. Yes,
0: and the numbers. And I've lost the opportunity to do that because...
1: Sometimes we have to do that. Because when you don't... Like, my my theory is you can have... You have to have a combination of money, power, influence to really move the needle. If you just have power, you're almost useless because you don't have money. Yeah. if you have power and you don't have influence, you're almost useless. So it's just like everything. Like you have you have influence, but you don't have money. That's the most painful thing yes. that can happen to you. So yes. you can be famous and broke. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: I was famous and broke for a while. <laughs> for a while I was famous and broke. So now I have money. I have influence. I, I don't think I have all the money. <laughs> I need to temper that. But I don't have all the money in the world where I'm like comfortable. Yeah. And I have power. Cause, and I have influence. Yeah, like I could not just public influence. Like influence the public about what to think about, like yeah. the music industry. Yeah. But I can also influence things that happen within the space.
1: And that's real power.
0: Yes, it is. It is, and it 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 surprises me. When I talk, when I was doing the research on you, and I asked a younger lawyer, and I'm like, "Why do you fuck with Fosa? What what is?" This thing because she kept mentioning your name. I didn't tell her I knew you, and she's like, Oh, yeah. just talking to her about entertainment, you know, General. yeah. And I'm like, Why do you fuck with Fosa? What is like this hold that she has on it? Because I'm trying to understand too. And she's like, A lot of people can say a lot of things about a number of things, but the own, but one thing that nobody can move beyond you is the business of Clarence. <gasps>
1: Uh, oh yo i'm an og <laughs> yes og clarence.
0: <laughs> so clarence i understand clarence as i understand clarence as trying to get permission to use a piece of music yeah to create like a new composition mm-hmm. like maybe if like let's say an artist like let's say johnny drill wanted something from william Onyabo. Mm. You know you know William you before yeah. You know, yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah of that's course. Your, that's your business yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if Jonathan really wanted something from William Onyabo just to make what he's creating now better and he would need to go on a call with you to be able to make sure he has no problems yeah take taking from William onbo I'm creating something
1: yeah new. Mm. certainly
0: how did you get into Clarence
1: so it came from a, a, a discussion on publishing yeah This was in 2016, when we were setting up a company called Greenlight Music Publishing. And let me tell you what keeps playing in my head. I remember a meeting we had with like 10 of your biggest producers now. We had that meeting at Oriental Hotel. The woo of woos in terms of producers were there. And I remember OJB Jezreel walking into that meeting. And he said, you see these, we're like four lawyers there. He said, you see these four lawyers? He was talking to the producers. appreciate them and hold them tight because what they are doing you're not paying them for it but what you're what they're doing is going to save you and your family from poverty and he said he said and this not, was in
0: 2016
1: yeah i think 2016 there about uh, like i said i'm very bad with my dates yeah, it's fine. but i'm writing my book so i'm going <laughs> to confirm that all those facts for you guys okay, you know cool. and he said to me and he looked at he looked at me and he said there's really nothing you can do for me right now because i've made my mistakes and I've made peace with it. Ah! I was just like, what? This is OJB Drewsworth that wrote... That, God bless his soul. Yeah, God bless his soul. That wrote and produced African Queen. African Queen is one of the leading pop singles of this generation. Like, pop and R&B single of this millennium. Yeah. The next day OJB died.
0: The next day? Yeah. After saying that yeah. and, and, you know, having this moment with yeah. you, he just... He He died.
1: And I couldn't shake that fear. or that um, I was just like, oh,
0: my God. It has to be an eerie feeling, yes. you know? because like, it's
1: like this person created something that has the potential to build wealth yeah. for his generation. And because of one piece of paper wasn't signed, everybody has lost out. Not just him, but his generation. It stuck with me. So from there, I started looking at it like, okay. I started doing research, like, and also because, like, you know, like I said, specialization for me is key. Even in the music industry, there's still sub-specialization. Yeah. And I already predicted that by my 50, everybody wanted, well, everybody want to be called an entertainment lawyer, and I, I needed something to distinct me, that when, when you're talking about FUZA, you're like, ah, uh, FUZA is an OG, yeah. Yeah. And I found music, I love Nollywood. Yeah. You know? I watch every single Nollywood movie like I try to.
0: What may, what makes Nollywood so attractive to you?
1: It's the grit for me. It's the fact that I know the process and I know how people use 2 million and create this piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not perfect, but it's it's going to work. Yeah. That's the Nollywood mentality and I respect them for that. You know, and I saw that these people have I still believe that if I want to be popular <laughs> I'm going to act in Nollywood and sing. Yeah. Because Nollywood's fame reach is insane. And I'm talking African wide. Oh. insane.
0: But I just I just spoke to someone earlier today who who used Nollywood. Who would say the opposite because he used Nollywood to create a to create earnings for himself. That he invested into music. And now now that he has become a music star, he's seen so much more than when he was a Nollywood star.
1: So Nollywood is the same thing. Nollywood's economic still doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's because we still have a we still have a large distribution problem. That's just not Nigerian problem. It's Africa.
0: But what makes it better than what makes it more what, what makes what, what makes you value the 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 the, the visibility of Nollywood?
1: The Alaba distribution system.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. In what way?
1: That's a gold that because a lot of people didn't understand how to work on that structure yeah. legally and account-wise and business management-wise, we let it to waste. That's, uh, that network, that Alaba network, is a network that is probably valued at, and I'm not exaggerating, a billion dollars. Do you know what it is? If you go to Alaba, Alaba can get to Uganda in terms of distribution. Yes. It can get to Cameroon. I don't care what kind of digital music distribution you're doing. Now it's dwindling. It keeps dwindling every year. But there's a reach and that network is what we value in business and distribution. But we failed to build on it because like every other thing was so used because we don't document and tell stories. We discard when we see a new shiny thing. Yeah. You know, so that's that's. The, so you go to Uganda and Aki and Popo are super. What? Big. You go to Cameroon and the only thing they're watching is Nollywood. You go to Senegal. You know, I've, I go for a lot of film festivals and every other film industry is like they're playing games compared to Nollywood. Yeah. So that's the value and the strength of Nollywood. And, and they're beginning to get it. A bit, a bit, a bit. It's a lot of work. Shout out to Isioma Idigbe doing amazing work in terms of like film law. Um, so for me, music, I I saw that and I was just like, there's a way that music must tap into this fame, this extra fame, easier fame. This person you're talking about, the reason why the success of his first album was hinged on the fact that. He had created, you know what it is this, for someone to be seeing you on TV every day for 265 days in a year. Yeah. And you're a damn good character in it.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's so if you, if you tweet and say, oh, I have this. And your product, your music product is equally as good as your film product. It would exponentially be crazy. Yeah. Now, music, like I tell people, we have the very short-term hype that leads to very short-term money. It's not the smart business people that translate it to long-term money. Yeah. You know, you can be hot for two years and be buying Bentley <laughs> with the way music would come at you. True. But after time, after that second now, it's even statistics is showing before uh, fame lifestyle will probably do you five years. Now it's reducing.
0: Yeah, it has to reduce. It's
1: reducing three years because now you're competing with somebody that will just go on Instagram and do what is. <laughs> yes, yes. You're you competing
0: know- with a guy like you can do all of those, with those, those permutations and and grand planning. You're competing with a guy like Potable, yeah, who literally just says, "Are you mad or something?" Are you
1: mad or something? And he's holding <laughs> everybody in choco. Yes, and that's the, the, the gene- that's what we are entering into. Anybody can be a superstar. So your job as an artist or an actress is ten times harder. You, you the the factors you are competing with is like ten times harder, you know. So for me. I saw all this from, you know, and I was just like, I needed something to be stronghold of. And, and these things are really easy when you read. You know, when I started researching in you know, in my 300 level about music, and I, I, I saw that the most successful business people were lawyers.
0: But what attracted you to it, though?
1: Uh, shout out to Pro Inc. Uh My boys were just like, that day I was walking in school yeah. and I saw some people rapping. What school from, was this? Babcock University. Okay. I saw some people rapping. No, hey, Babcock Bay. Yes, now. Okay. Yes, now.
0: So, when they suspend them, a part of you dies. When they. they am I, I all right, <laughs> though? Because we, we did our five years.
1: I mean, I mean we brought Bernard to school, and I almost got expelled in my <laughs> final year because Bernard refused to listen, not to remove his shirt, and yeah. not to smoke Igbo. So, after lying there, was like we're bringing the devil to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so yeah, you 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 were going. To yeah. So I was walking on the
1: corridor, and I just saw these boys doing some things. I was just so amazed. I was like, ah, okay. Me, I was just looking for who to gang. We call this thing in school called Docassin, where a boy and a girl they are talking. And so you, me, I was looking for gist. I just saw some boys recording with headphones. I was like, ah, what's popping here? And I saw that they were doing. A cover to Lagos Party.
0: Banky W's Lagos yeah. Party.
1: And this boy called OG was like, Yo, you look like you can rap. Can you rap? I was like, yeah. I
0: don't <laughs> You've never rap. <rapped> <laughs>
1: and it was like, okay, form some bars. And I just sat down and I was just like, I remember the lines. Yeah, move straight like a no. No, no, no. I was like, oh no, what's that? F to the O to the Z to the A. Moving straight on the no. Moving mm-hmm. straight on the BRT line, but I swing But bo- I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you know, and we did. I'm still going to look for that record. I'm putting it in my book. And the next thing was, Amani on my forehead, Gucci on my... B- I was just like, ah, oh, man, this is... N-. And I told him, like, yo, you guys should sign the song to me. You know, I went to Lagos the next week, and DJ Excel, uh, he, he works with MTV Base now, yeah. and Tosin now, And I was like, guys, listen to the song. TJ XL was like, oh, this is fire. Like there were fire rappers on it. And he called me one night and was like, I'm playing your song. I think it was on CTFM then. And I called everybody, come on, listen.
0: So you have an you have a song in this market where you've rapped.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's on the internet right now.
1: No, I've checked for it. Did then we used to use for shared. <laughs> <laughs> and off share.
0: <shed>. Yes, <laughs> you
1: remember. know. So and it was like, oh, I played. Everybody went mad in school, like, "Yo, who is this babe that got our song on radio?" Next day, OG just came to me, "Be our manager," and that's how I started managing like seven boys. Do you know what it is to manage seven boys? Yes. Seven I, boys that were just interested in, in fornicating.
0: I don't envy you at all.
1: Yeah. And that was how I got. Then I was like, I needed to find a way to mix the law, yeah, and music. And I found my mentor, Miss Uduak. Doing amazing Ud- work. Uduak
0: hates me though. <laughs> we've, we've blocked each other for six years now. Wow! Yeah, she went. She attacked me one night, and I gave her a piece of my mind. Oh, I've but got- we blocked each other for six months. But I respect Uduak. I respect- six months or six years? Six years.
1: Wow. Six years.
0: Yeah, six years. The the hate is that deep. So <laughs> I
1: don't think it's hate. I just think like, but yo, Uduak is. I love. No, she's
0: amazing. I I follow her work. Like I don't. I have no. Uduak used to be the only. P- to give me so much insight insight and perspective on like art and how it like how it intersects with legality and everything so up until this moment i'm subscribed to her (laughs) so she might have blocked me on social media (laughs) but my spirit is still with her but
1: which is which is where like love and respect for for your Professionalism comes in. Yes. If you're good at what you do, you're good at what you you, yeah. you you're able to separate it. Yeah. You know, and Uduak just gave me that platform to believe and dream that I could make a living by being an entertainment lawyer. And when I was doing my research, I saw like, you know, there was Clive Davis, there was like uh, this guy Bob, and like these people were are rich, popular, and powerful. Yeah. So an entertainment lawyer can orchestrate deals because they are the orb. I was like, that's what I want to (laughs) be. You know, so from that understanding for me, now there's no I don't know the clearance you want to do. Except the person that owns that clearance doesn't like you and doesn't want to give it to you. I don't know what clearance you want to do. I will get it. And it's Uh in a matter of like highest yes, two days. How how
0: hard it is to clear? How hard it is to clear like a local song from the past in Africa or Nigeria specifically.
1: With me, <laughs> not hard. If, if oh. it's, it's only if you're not, if you don't want to agree to the terms, if you, you don't want to pay the money that they okay. are requesting for, or you want to be shifty, you know. So, for example, Adekunle Gold's new song has mercy in it. Baba Faru, um Mercy, sorry, has Denge pose. Dengue pose, yes. And Baba A and shout out to Adekunle Gold, one of the. Uh beautiful creatives I love working with because it's, there's mutual respect. Yeah, AG calls me He's one a night. brother.
0: I consider him my brother. Yeah. So I've known him for a while. <laughs> yeah. So we're that close.
1: A.G. calls me and says, Billios, I want to have this idea in my head and I want to do it and everything. And I heard that you clear songs that I you need. Know, <laughs> it has to do with Fire. I'm like, tell me. And he was like, okay, I'll send you some in two days. He said he hasn't recorded it. First did. This is somebody that understood that I have to respect the next creative.
0: Yeah.
1: So let me find out if it's something I can do, and it looks for who can do it for me. That's the first step, and that's what other creatives respect. The older people respect is that oh you are even giving me this because I'm, because I'm no longer popping, but you're still giving me respect. First things first. Yeah. You know, then sends the song to me. I call Baba Fari, amazing human being, very sweet. I said ah, Ogami, this thing has to happen and everything. In 30 minutes, it was just like, okay, Foza, I trust you. Trust. So, a lot of the people trust me that I would not sabotage them and I won't get them a bad deal. Yeah. You know, and I said, boss, this person wants to, use my client, he's very good, blah, blah, blah. blah. And
0: was it around the time when he was dragging Davido for giving 250 million to all fans? <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't, I, I didn't even <laughs> see that. But, you know, your later someone said it to me, but I was just
0: like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't resist that. <laughs> Continue, you please. Know.
1: And Bob Ferry was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could, you know, use it as a creative and everything. And we went back and forth, back and forth, cleared it out. And AJ calls me, I was like, yo, Fosa, I would really love for him to be in the video. So I, I was a bit like, ah, oh, would this man really want to come up? I called him, and Bob Ferry was like, yeah, if you like, he, he was just like yeah you know and we got him AG was like Fosa you need to take care of him anything he wants you know put him in a nice place make him comfortable you know AG was so appre- like so respectful of him and if you if we say oh Baba Fire please can we do something can you do something for He would do it because AG also showed mutual respect
0: yeah and he felt he felt like the love and he felt he felt being valued yeah. as a creative. Exactly. From, from someone from another, like, many generations removed from him.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when we're someone like, ah, is using eye patch like, guys, you are very disrespectful. <laughs> 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 the original eye patch is, here. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, me. and that process was so seamless because both creatives respected themselves. Now, we have a lot of badly behaved people, yeah. you know, and I can have the contact and have the network. But if you, as a person licensing or sampling, you're badly behaved, it makes it harder. There are some people that just naturally would not license to you. I won't name names, but we've been begging this guy. You know, A lot of people come you know, and say, my guy will tell you, nope, I'm not licensing. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's the decision of that person to I allow know, you to use their like, music.
0: Like What is... Why did they prevent? So the- I
1: feel that particular person is because he got burnt by the system so bad. And mentally, he has not recovered from it. So he's left completely. And he's just like, I know I made very good stuff that influences the culture, but I've not made money from it. So I don't care. Leave it. I've gone to another industry to make money. So for him, it's just like, yeah, whatever. They invite him for stuff. hmm Nothing.
0: He <laughs> doesn't just care about, like, Nothing. Nigerian music anymore.
1: He doesn't care about the industry. It's just like, so if you're bringing him out, when people bring him out for anything, I'm just like, ah, what amount of work did you do here? You know, so even with the clients. So, so the
0: money does not interest nope, him or or sway nope, his decision.
1: Nope. And, and at least 10 times I've tried.
0: I got to respect that person. I, I, I have to respect him.
1: At least 10 times I've tried.
0: I have to respect yeah. someone who, who who sticks up. I I think I think it's I might you might look at the like the financials of it and say this person's this person is a this person is shooting himself in the foot. But I respect the principle behind yeah. it.
1: Cuz it, he doesn't even like the one of the things I've found is also he doesn't like the consumer behavior to art. Yeah. Because the consumer behavior to art in general in the world is they feel entitled to it. That's why you would pay to listen to 1 million songs in a month. Yeah. And every creative has to share from your $10. The consumer behavior... You see, I was seeing... Someone tweeted something about Spotify being able to predict the next superstar. And I responded, I said, maybe they should predict the better payouts. And everybody was (laughs) laughing. I was just like, yeah. You know, but when we look at it and we have conversations, because I followed the chief economics, uh, the guy that was doing the... I think the formulated the principles for Spotify... And he was like, everything really just boils down to consumer behavior. If the consumer doesn't want to pay more for it, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know, so fans, they rage and they... You guys need to understand that this creative suffer. And the measly money sometimes you pay isn't what the stress they go through. So maybe a bit more empathy. I know they behave like bastards sometimes, but... But <laughs> <laughs> well, how...
0: It is like so. You work with a lot of these people who who have recorded in the past and created like legacy works. What what's the attraction for them? For those who ever will give you their their blessing and will take money for you know sampling. What's the attraction for them more than anything? Because I know the money is good also, but is there? Do they think it's bigger than the money when they give their blessings to? this sample?
1: Trust. First of all, they trust me.
0: (laughs) Okay, it's important that you're there for them to be able to do this.
1: Yeah, a lot of them, most times I've noticed is that when I say, don't worry, your rights are protected. Okay. They are more inclined. So even if I come to them and tell them, guys, we can't collect an upfront money for this, but we'll be seeing money. Because we've done a lot of clearance for Netflix, for, um, we did one, for the the Coldplay's last album, yeah, there was a I think 1972
0: sample from Nigeria.
1: Yeah, Harcourt White.
0: For real? We
1: did that when they sent it to us. I was like, what?
0: For Harcourt White.
1: Yeah, like, how do you people? So the level the extent of research and due diligence we had to do to find the or orig- reach, like the proper because obviously it's dead. So the thing is, did he die they Did he die test states? You know, who currently owns the right, which family owns it and
0: what ministers it?
1: That level of research, you know.
0: That's crazy though.
1: Yeah. We had to send people to was it an Amber or something to yeah. figure out and before we had traced it to the you know, the guys that owned it and whatever. And when I was talking to that guy, he was like, yeah, a lot of people have come. They're giving us this, this distribution contract, that, whatever, and they're just... But every year, he gets a check. Because also for me, I don't see why I should be taking your $100. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that integrity of, okay, whatever happens, this babe is not going to take our money. yeah. And there's proper accounts. There's transparency. Because you can be accountable and not transparent. I'm transparent and not accountable. There sure. are two different concepts. I need to, you know, accountability is whether you ask me or not, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Transparency is whether you um, I'm always true. I'm always you know, yes. I'm giving you the right like thing. Like you see what it is. Yeah. Like I, I make you see what it is. Exactly. So a lot of a lot of people in the industry lack accountability and transparency. And like I said, you know, when we were talking before we started, I built my brand or my name and my business on integrity. So everybody that works with me (laughs) knows you cannot collect money from someone and not deliver the excellence that you promised. Yeah. The moment you cannot return their money and keep it moving. And I tell people, like, there's no amount of money. See, I did a deal and person is still owe me one thousand dollars every time I see the person. The person cannot talk to me
0: Yeah.
1: because the person knows what the person did, and that person made so much money off my name. Yeah, you know that I didn't even know. I just saw that ah, this guy is driving a new Toyota Cam, eh, uh, Camry or uh, whatever. And in that corporation, they were already like, oh, Foza has spent this much money and whatever and whatever. The way that that truth got revealed to me was because someone on the board was like nah i know this person this person would never do this so they called me in and they asked me i was just like uh no and by the time i started bringing down my receipt i was like no this is this is this, this and the person was like i told you people that this person cannot do that and the only reason i could enjoy that is because i proven myself Worthy to someone else, yeah. And everybody that's scammed in that, all of them, plus the one that had an accident with the car that he bought, plus two. Because then again, spiritually, I'm one of those people. I tell people that you, except I do something to you, yeah. You can't offend my spirits, man. My God will fight for me, yeah. because God has told me that you focus on the job. I, I will fight your fight, yeah. So you cannot try to soil my name and go scot-free with it. And it's not like I would do anything actively except pray and cry to God. And God knows his person, you know, whatever. But yeah. I've seen where integrity shows up for me and people would have conversations and I'd be like, nah, this babe, you know, she'll never do that. And if, if there's a problem, they'll come and I'll explain, you know. So for me, it's just basically that. And that's how a lot of people trust me and say, you know what, I'm going to give you my life. Yeah. And trust me, and I don't take it for granted. I do not.
0: So without this trust, which is a key element in, like, Clarence, without this trust, a lot of things wouldn't happen. Yeah. Because I know you're not, like, you're not the only person who does this, but you're the person with the most successes within this space. So you think the trust is what differentiates you from a lot of others?
1: Yeah. Uh, and The fact that everybody gets what is due to them, and i'm very content with my nice 10% or 15% and i keep it moving <laughs> yes <laughs> you yes know? you
0: don't get greedy about <laughs> yeah.
1: it and and people also know that i'm constantly thinking about ways to make more money for them uh. because my principle is when i was coming into the industry there was no money allocated to lawyers so when i was co- and, and that made me think more from a business point of view as a lawyer to create revenue so that i can earn so most clients i'll tell them okay you know what don't pay me retainer because you can't afford it but if i make you money this is my percentage you know trainer. and so i had to be very innovative i had to be very how can i use this person's name to make money for them how can i use this person's catalog to make money for them and stuff so i mean we've gone to the trenches to go and and there's a lot of cultural understanding that has to go into because if you're talking to a man that's a 60 year old 60 years old you cannot be talking to you i be telling him uh, so you know, um when you sample and you know No, you eat prostrate yes. and you down. Yes, no. And carry uh, color nuts to them. Of
0: course. Because this is an OG.
1: Yeah, because they are looking at you like, I've made so much money you've not made in your life. So why should I listen to you? Yeah. I've had when we're doing, you know, where we're because we do a lot of digital cleanup for them.
0: Yeah.
1: And I've had people from prison, marketers from prison <laughs> <laughs> sending people to my office to say you are you are trying to you are trying to touch the small money that is coming from... Joey, I've had people try to... You see, when people say that I don't talk about what I do, which is why I'm writing my book, because then again, because I'm trying to secure myself and my family, and yeah. I don't talk about a lot of things. A lot of people are beginning to take credit for my work. I found that very annoying. So I was just like, you know what? I might as well talk about my work and make money. So I'm using Joey's podcast to tell you that my book is coming February 17th. 17, yes. 17, Fe- three. Fe- February 17th, 17, three. <laughs> You know, and because I don't talk about a lot of what I do, people just feel like it's it's child's play. I've had people threaten to take my, joy. people look me in the eye. And I'm talking about Yoruba people yeah. saying that, you know, they'll, they'll make adage like, so you want to see the end of the year.
0: But <laughs> I, I get you, but with, with things like, I know we have been in the pits for so long. Yeah. Even how our music is administered, even the people who own the rights to these things, and a lot of stealing and underhanded like behavior happens that deprives people of their money and their inheritance, and you know all of the the the, the things that should accrue to them for doing the creative work. But how bad is it? Like we talk about how we don't have documentation, we don't have this. But how bad is it?
1: It's as bad as your. Guys that were popping between 2000 and 2012 have lost close to a hundred million dollars. Whoa. By signing things that they did not understand. E.G. <laughs> there's this company <laughs> that keeps popping yeah. in publishing. They are quality, but it's publishing. And when we trace the history, that company has changed. It's a US company. Yeah. They've changed names so many times, you know, because they're escaping a lot of things. Yeah, they're,
0: they're constantly have yeah. to like reinvent themselves yeah. to be able to make money. Exactly.
1: Illegally, but illegally, but they a lot of them signed. So some people came into Nigeria, I went to Alaba, I went to meet the marketers because at that point, marketers were losing so much money. Mm. You know, marketers then are doing what your DIY distributors are doing. True. That's why I said history is important. Yeah. For us to always know. So your marketer will say, okay, um, Joey, all right, you have one song that's blown in the streets. Okay, take three million, go and bring an album. Now, Joey takes three million, goes to buy a car, buy a house, doesn't come back to check, you know, and culturally, because a lot of people eliminate culture from how we do things. And that's why a lot of solutions that we prefer when Someone from Harvard was saying, if someone went to Harvard school and said, I can provide a solution to Africa, I was just like, You're a joker. You're a a pompous joker. (laughs)
0: We weren't weren't written into that curriculum. (laughs) Like, our ways, we are not written into that curriculum. Exactly.
1: You know, now, you know culturally that an Igbo man would always account for every one cobble that he spends. So the claim of, because Igbo guys were the biggest marketers then, the claim that Igbo marketers were the ones that were destroying the industry... was so absurd culturally to me. And it took me and my partner going to Alaba... Like driving to Alaba to do research. And the only people that could fund the research then... Were the Chinese people. So when they did the research... And when they were showing us... See, the average Alaba guys... Let's talk about... Not even talk about the top guys... We show you years and years of record. Yeah. And when you ask them questions they will tell you how they've also spent money in litigation to stop piracy within their market. So now begs the question of when you say Alaba is piracy, like you're talking from a deep place of ignorance, yeah. you know. So those guys will give you money, you know, the artists will run away, you know, probably not deliver what they're supposed to deliver, which is also a common thing right now, you know, go to another distributor and sign and all those things. So yeah. someone who just came from the abroad, some guy spoke nice English and said, okay, you know what? We'll give you $10,000. And at this point, CD factory Nira had closed down. This yeah. um, fiscal uh, CD thing had closed down and everything. Everybody was losing money. Yeah. So all those guys... Were so, just the,
0: so they were just sitting on products yes. without, so, without a way to make money. Exactly.
1: So you go to an Alaba guy's player and you see like a million CDs. Nothing is moving. Yeah. And this guy comes from America and says, oh, I'll give you $10,000. For what? To distribute your music online. This was in 2006, you know, 2005. So you sign.
0: They had us in the first half.
1: You know, yeah. So you sign and you sign off publishing and masters. But then you're looking at it like, but does the marketer really have the right to do that? Because. But but,
0: but even then, we didn't understand. 2006, nobody knew what publishing was. (laughs) Exactly. but, But 2006, I was in secondary school.
1: But for them, it was just like, this is a business. If I'm going to write this off as bad debt, I might as well make some money to clear up the bad debt. So they thought they owned the masters to do that. But the law is clear. If there's no written agreement assigning you that, you do not own it. So when we started that fight, we didn't start the fight saying, oh, you're a thief. We started the fight saying, we know where you're coming from. And we understand the problem you faced and why you took this decision. So, we're telling our clients that everybody has offended here, you, you know, so let's find a way forward. And a lot of those intricacies we were able to detach. Some people were stubborn, some people were, were able to loosen it, losing it, losing it. Not, but if it was a regu- regular lawyer, from a regu- it would just go straight to fighting, you know. Yeah. We, I s- Joey, I sat down in Alaba from 12 to 8 p.m. processing CDs. Wow. having conversation with the guy, golden point, and walking through the, see, so when people say, Oh, Alaba is, it irritates me because I'm just like, you've, and this thing, nobody sent me message. You, you, had,
0: to, you yeah, had to do it for because
1: you game. need, I needed to understand because if this thing was successful at a point, why isn't it successful now? You know? And so that company that came in at that point just took a lot of people's copyright and they're just collecting publishing. So I say until and, they were, and, they,
0: and they just kept making money. Yes, until
1: 2015 or 20... Until 2019. There was this really popular song by this popular artist that never collected this publishing rights. Every day I was search. But at that point, I got to, to a point in my life I stopped caring about people that not used to engage me or retainer. So yeah. I was just like... This is so dumb, you know, and so many people have lost some hundreds of millions of dollars. And now they are suffering because when they want to present you a deal, your financial history is not showing why they should give you that advance. And you're pissed off because, you know, you had hit records in the past, but nobody cares. Your credit history isn't showing anything. So it's unfortunate, but you can rebuild it. It's going to take a while. Now that you are seeing, I said, man, I do deals where one song, they are giving you hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I'm looking at these small children like, huh? <laughs> because and, and that gives them the, the, the confidence they'll be telling me, Fosa, this is what I want or not. I mean when I send bills to them, they'll pay it. Ah, I say, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll give them what they I want. I'll give you what you want. <laughs> you know,
1: but that level, that level of like, I know that these guys are doing awesome stuff and their paperwork is protected gives me so much joy. You know, one of the things I'm most proud of is the SARS Academy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you were very. You were very involved in that. None
1: of it. I am a trustee. (laughs) Yes,
0: I know because you were very involved in that. You carried it on your head. You pushed it, and it was from that movement that we have some of the people leading the charge right now.
1: Yes, we have Duni Temple, Prime,
0: Prime, yes, STG, yes, from that. West,
1: like you just you see, and you know the funny thing is, even the ones that are not top of your lips, they are making good money. Because yeah. they are probably doing brand ads, they are doing children contents, they are doing. Because you train them to in business to understand how to create sustainable wealth, so they don't need to be in the clubs popping with you, but they are making money. They don't need to beg you. Some of them are. They've seen that okay, I'm I'm more functional as a business. But I mean, we had we have a good producer that is currently working with PWC okay. and is leading the charge of just having conversations of how how are you guys helping the entertainment industry. True. You know, for me, that's joy, that's success. You know, and the same thing with lawyers. I have lawyers that I've mentored that are working in multinational companies. And every day I wake up and someone is trying to, you know, the other day I was tweeting about it and someone came and said, Why am I inserting myself? Into somebody's success. I laughed so uh, hard. I'm like, let the person, write, <laughs> let,
0: let the person draw their success <laughs> out. I see how I don't fit in. Go and meet the person and ask them how I don't fit into their success.
1: I'm like, even when I don't make money from it, because most of the times you don't make money from it,
0: yeah.
1: I have the right to enjoy from the joy Yeah, and the success from that thing. And I, and I think that's why a lot of older people are bitter. Because I always keep reading stories to ensure that I don't grow up to be that old person that becomes bitter, envious, and cantankerous.
0: Yeah, that nobody wants to fuck with. Yeah,
1: because... And, and it's little things like what I spent six years doing. Someone's just spent one year and is getting like global recognition. True. I had to lear, consciously learn that my position... My friend would say, your position is a tree. It will bear good fruit. It will bear bad fruit. Your job is to focus on just being the tree, not focus on the on the fruits. Yeah. Sometimes you pause and look at the fruits and be like, ah. They move. But your job is to constantly be the tree. It's a hard lesson because we are human beings. I'm, I, I tell people that my natural disposition is pride. <laughs> pride, like yeah, you know, you. I guess that if you know me personally, you see, you know. But every day I keep getting broken, broken, and just understanding that my position here. And it's easy to get very bitter and yeah. angry because the industry itself, you know, gives you that toxic trait. Yeah, you know. So, but but I've also learned to enjoy the moment and enjoy the successes, and little wins, that comes with it. Nice, nice.
0: And then for for the less explored, like now everyone's screaming alphabets to the world. Everyone's screaming how swashbuckling our music is and how it continues to do so much great work i've also seen you do work with artists that aren't exactly secular artists like gospel artists Uh, yeah you worked you work in the gospel space yeah what's holding it back
1: I'm going to make a joke. Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it the consistency of its appearance? So I don't know. Um, my people have refused to just do business. There's a large, it's a philosoph- philosophy thing. Okay. Really. Because I feel like gospel artists should be the richest. Well, technically they are.
0: Yeah, technically they are.
1: They are. They just don't, you know...
0: They just don't make as much as they should.
1: Yeah, because they just don't care about... What they business. make
0: is good and is big, but they can make so much more if they cared a lot more. Yeah.
1: And that's that's always my... Like, you have... I, I manage chi. Yeah. And the process for... Because it's, you also need to... Like, I keep saying the background, the culture of it. I can't rush a gospel artist to create music. It has to be inspired by the Holy Spirit.
0: A lot it, of it is faith-based.
1: Yeah. If not, you just get empty music <laughs> that nobody connects to. So that's one aspect I had to learn. But then again, because she we transitioned from secular industry into the gospel industry, and she tells me she says, yeah,
0: "Yeah, I knew I knew her when she was in the yeah in the secular, secular industry, industry." Yes, and then when she made the transition, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: yeah, you know," and. She says this thing every time. She says, Foza, my job is to listen to the Holy Spirit and get the music. Your job is to figure out how, how. to make it work. Yeah, so anytime, anything, you know, you want, to, you want to do anything with the music or you want to speak to Fuza, that's a very rare trait in the gospel industry. And because you have to speak, you, you cannot just go and be singing my song anyhow and release cover. I put that thing down. One not OG try to that, do it? But that's something they do all the time. Yeah. But one not OG try to do it with my music? I said, "Hello, sir. I know the Bible says we should not be taking our matters to court. <laughs> but, <laughs> please, rest, let's respect ourselves. Yeah. Because, the producer that will produce is not producing it for free. The mixing engineer is not producing it for free. And if you know gospel artists, Cost of production is so high because they do live music.
0: You know, a lot of it is live. Yeah. all of that experience is, it is live.
1: And see, I've seen they send. I know a gospel artist that mixes a song for nothing less than three thousand dollars because the strings has to hit that, you know, and the and, bass.
0: And a lot of it is very
1: emotional. Yes, so the mix has to be right. You know and they spend as much as that, then you're not come and be telling me to come to come and sing in your church for free no. because God, I have a serious problem with that. We still no. we see they argue that for the industry, but you know, I feel like the gospel industry has so much potential and it's part of the, the industry like thing that I'm raising so much money for because I have a 90% assurance that if I invest money, proper money in the gospel artist, they'll make that money back faster yeah. than a pop artist.
0: Nice, nice. And then, thank you so much. You've, 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 you've done a lot of speaking. I feel like we've spoken a lot Yes, <laughs> we have. We have. At this moment, this particular moment, we're like an hour, 30 minutes into this Woo. conversation, like into pure conversation. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and so with all of this happening, Afrobeats to the world, how has Afrobeats to the world impacted your music? Has it made it better? In fact, your work, rather. Has it made navigating the legal aspect of the music industry better or it's made it more complex? And, and In what way has it shown itself?
1: First off, I think the foreigners are beginning to understand that <laughs> just because I'm based in Nigeria doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. So we used to call a lot of people's bullshit. So those people that go and be employing US lawyers and UK <laughs> lawyers, when they come and meet us here and we're having conversation, they're just like, Wow. You know, foreigners always feel like we're animals and monkeys.
0: Yeah, we have hearts. You know <laughs> <laughs> Where's your heart, Faser? Where's your it, heart?
1: It's in it's in Ikeja. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're having for me, it's just shown like that I'm competing on a global scale and global level with a lot of people. And where people have tried to bullshit my work. I have conversations with them. and say, you need to understand that our laws are very different. IP is very territorial. So language difference and everything. But you will respect me. You're not going to make me feel like... I mean, the first few times I started interacting with international... They used to do that thing. Oh, so it's a local lawyer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a local...
1: Local lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) But that local lawyer... (laughs) By the time we start. I think about the first time people to start take down. <laughs> when you spend like hundreds of millions on a song and I help you take it down first and I tell you, I have conversation. The conversation should change.
0: Yeah, because the power difference is shit. Yeah, because you're
1: just you- like, you're not going to treat me like shit because yeah. you think maybe I went to...
0: Babcock. Know, Babcock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get no. You. I'm equally, I'm comp, because for me, I think, I, I don't know who exposed me to that. It's just like, you're in a global market where you're not competing with your classmates in Babcock. You're competing with the Chinese guy.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so you have to think globally. Yeah. So for us, you know, Afrobeat to the world, see, I've had clients that they, they fired us, <laughs> went to the Yankee, were very bunt, came back and said, anything, I'd be like, ah, oh, no, no, no. If it's not Foza that is checking, I know they do. Yeah, you know, be, so for me, it's giving more credence to a lot of local, you know, experts. here, yeah. saying that we actually know what we're doing, we can create solutions that work. Also, it's make, giving us an avenue to interact better with diasporans that you know are doing real work, and I enjoy that collaboration at every point in time. I yeah. work across yeah. Africa, so Ghana, Tanzania, Kenya, you know, and I interact with a lot of lawyers, and it's amazing to see the um, Amount of talent, you know, coming out of the continent. So, for us structurally, we're getting there. There's a lot of simultaneous work going on everywhere, from managers to lawyers to accountants and everything. So I'm excited about that. But you know, we keep saying that the real fame, the real famous guys that can effect, that have the influence to effect real change. Why we have the power,
0: yeah,
1: and the other people have the money. At the artist, so as artists, I keep saying you need to read, yeah. You have no excuse not to read anymore, but,
0: but they have to smoke loud. <laughs>
1: ah, <laughs> but I, I heard that when you smoke loud, you have this epiphany yeah.
0: of like the greatest revelation. Uh, I'll admit this from time to time, <laughs> I smoke loud, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and yes, I get epiphanies <laughs> and
1: revelations. Is it this? I mean, you, I have clients that will come to me and say, for doing the Pandemic year. Yeah. When I was giving reports to my clients and saying, "Guys, we're going to suffer a lot for the next three years because live blah, blah." They were telling me now, for in like, six months, we'll be sorted." So terrible. someone came to me. I said, "At the beginning of lockdown, they were saying, I want to make nine hundred million this year.'" Uh-uh. I said,
0: "Okay." Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. When they're thinking out your primary means of earning.
1: Oh, you know, at the point I was just like, "Baby, I'm being pessimistic." Yeah. But. You, know, I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm just like, you're just detached from reality. Yeah, and I know I realize that. You're
0: following the data.
1: I'm just like, well, you people do a lot of drugs and and, 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 and uh, what they call it, Igbo. But so <laughs> I've learned, which is also cultural, is I've learned to understand the behavior. So I know when I'm talking to a client that is high, yeah, I don't have proper conversations. I just say, guy, let's listen to some of your records. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're calm, I want to tell you that. This money you're spending on. On loud, it's not you know you can't be spending the money that your distributor gave you for advance yeah. to buy a house. You need to half it into two if you want to buy a house, buy the house. But you know, so it's when I've had to learn to know when to have comes because one of my biggest problems when I was coming up was I used to think that we're all professional, <laughs> and now I now realize that creatives have this left brain and the professionals have this right brain. So that that meeting point, I need to, I had to learn how to get my clients to. Be comfortable enough to trust you know, conversations because sometimes you just see them acting out and you need to understand where they're acting out from yeah. to be able to handle the situation. Sure. And uh, most times, eh, once they smoke the boo, they do, do this thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: everything becomes very, very, very unprofessional yeah. and irrational. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard. <laughs> so with all, all of this happening, do you... Do you think you have,
1: do you think you've made
0: an impact on what it means to be a lawyer in Nigerian music?
1: Yes, you can't write if you are writing any story without my name, you have messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Totally believe it because one of the signals for influx of proper investment into the industry, I was part of that. Yeah. Okay. I was part of that. I did that research. My partner and I worked on that for three years.
0: You keep mentioning this partner. What's this partner's name?
1: Irei uh, Dumari uh, that's, that's, that's my brother. Yeah. Like, Irei is such an awesome guy. Like, it's one of the... See, if you say the number one... and ent- The only person I can allow you to say that is the number one... Ent- Lawyer <laughs> <one> ent- <laughs> In the country, is, in in Africa, is Ire I is love such e- a <laughs> brilliant... <laughs> genius and um, even, even before i even knew
0: what you guys were doing for me the reason why i fell in love with you people was that you guys liked what i was doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> because real recognizes is real hey, yes exactly so
0: after after that i'm like okay these people they fuck with me i'm gonna go see what <laughs>
1: you know, and, and for me it's just like facts always has stands the test of time yes and we did so much work data work yeah. And research work. That has led A lot of the investments that you see coming in is because one person, you know, influenced by our research yeah. and work took that leap. And everybody just said, ah, okay, they started right. coming in. So, yes. If so you
0: guys did, like, seminal work within this space that's modernized it more than anything.
1: Within Africa, within not that. just Nigeria. Yeah. So if you don't want to put my name there, it's because you're being... Hypocritical and to be honest, before I used to be phased about it, but now nah. <laughs> you'll be fine. Nah, because fine. because every decade you're gonna get a book from me
0: <laughs> talking about it. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so um I know your social media handle is Fozadoza.
1: F-O-Z-A-D-O-Z-A.
0: F-O-Z-A-D-O-Z-A. D-O-Z-A. Why are you called Fozza?
1: So it's following me on Kosala Z dot A D Ah, Shout out to my best friend Jumoke. She gave me that. Name. We we're all looking for cool nicknames in secondary school. Then 90%. I used to be DJ, DJ Skinny, DJ Spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> and,
0: and, and <laughs> well, eventually you got to Fuzzer. Yeah, Jumoke that, was just like
1: Fuzzer works. And
0: that, and that stuck. Um, yeah. All right, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Joey. Thank you. I, I really for, enjoyed this conversation. Yes, yes, I did. I don't want it to end. And you guys, one chapter of my book, Joey gave me the title to it. So you see, yes. That's- what's this title oh, no no no. They, they have to buy the book <laughs> <laughs> okay February 20 no February 17, 17 20, 2023. 2023 yeah yeah we're getting your book
0: yeah okay hopefully by then hopefully this this still exists and then by then you have to do your promo it has to it and has you to, have to. to come back here
1: yes and I have to yeah. give you people juice about the people that uh, wanted to kill me <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you so uh, much Joey. You, thank you